0: this is sunday morning worship service here at the pine level Pentecostal witness church on this june the 11th 2022 with our senior pastor reverend Farrell harson bringing the message victory over temptation part six we'll start off with the pine level Pentecostal witness church praise team and the pine level choir here's david amen we're so glad everybody could come today uh open your ears and because you might hear something you you might want to hear and open your heart To to Jesus this morning. Amen. Blessed Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
1: Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
0: He gave His only life. Amen. tell you, if I could play a piano, that's how I'd play it right there. That's how I'd play it. How he can, how, how he can make it look just like it's him. Of course, that's recorded music, but it looks just like it's him playing, don't it? It's really amazing. (laughs) Good job, boys. Good job. Yeah, so good to see everybody uh, this morning. I left my little notepaper over here, so let me go get it. How many of you know the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory? David and Cheryl Smith, God bless you. So good to see you. I uh, pastored this church back when I had hair, which was around 79, 80, uh, not years ago. Those were the years I pastored. (laughs) And David came and did a revival for me. Just beautiful messages, and God moved in that revival. And uh, he, David Smith, and he don't want me to say any of this. As a matter of fact, he wishes I wouldn't. But I'm up here, and he ain't. He is one of my spiritual heroes. I want y'all to know that. Um, his preaching and teaching and music ministry has been literally done all over the world. And we were blessed to be able to have him back in the day. Now, um, I'll tell you a little bit about how old me and David are. I'm in my mid-30s. David is in his late 30s. I believe that's right, 37, 38, something like that. And uh, Cheryl, boy, he found a pretty girl. Good job, David. Good job. You're, you're I, I can just tell what a blessing you are to him and what a great uh, ministry you have in supporting his ministry. And uh, David, we just love you, man. You look the same. You look the same. I don't know what kind of water they got where you live, but i don't get me some of that. I mean, brother, you look so good and We're just honored to have you in our congregation this morning. David and Cheryl Smith, we all welcome them today. Amen. Amen. Um, Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Jeff Carmel, my buddy back there. He's finally found a beautiful girl with bad eyesight, so they're going to get married. and uh, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. It really blesses me to see you today and uh, I really love him. He and I have the same sense of humor, so you don't want us to be together very long, but Jeff, good to see you, buddy. Um, I was supposed to do this a couple of Sundays ago. Uh, Miss Mary McDaniel is going through so much, and I, I saw Buddy. I see Miss Mary's not with him today, but she's been going through a lot physically, and she is in treatment now uh, for cancer, and we're believing that. It's going to be just eradicated from her body. She's going to be completely free of it. And she writes to us today, dear church family, thank you so much for the prayers, the food, the cards, the flowers. And Pastor Farrell, thank you for being so good looking. I wish she hadn't put that in there. <laughs> but she said, uh, people like the Pine Level Congregation uh, make the world a nicer place to live in. Amen. I, I agree with that. And so pray for Mary and pray for Mary because, you know, she's got Buddy. So you want to pray about that. And then pray for Buddy. He's a good husband. And uh, we love them. And Miss Ruth, good to see you today. And we're still praying for you and lifting you up as you go through your grieving process. I sure miss Brother Bill, don't y'all? I miss him saying, I've got something to say. And when he had something to say, It always was edifying to the body and encouraging to the body. And uh, he was a personal encouragement to me. And I miss him today. It's time to receive our tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you for the privilege of worshiping you with our giving. With our giving. Help us to be generous. And help us to give an amount that requires faith on our part not just give a comfortable amount but Lord give an amount where we would say I know as I give this God will give back into my life maybe not money in particular but other blessings and I obey the Lord in my giving today Lord we thank you for this opportunity and we ask you bless it now multiply it and give us wisdom to use it only for your glory in Jesus name Amen.
2: He is. name again he is here listen
0: In fact, I tell you what. Let's stand and sing that. Let's stand and sing that today. Do you believe the Lord's here, Amen. Let's sing about it today. He is here. I-
2: is here holy holy i will bless his name
0: Let him touch you. Reach out and touch him and leave different. God bless you. May be seated. We're talking about temptation. Some would say, and I would agree, that temptation is probably the greatest problem of the Christian. Temptation, the reason I say that, the reason I Believe that is because of the Word of God, the Bible. And I talk. it talks about the temptation of Jesus. And we've talked about that in this series. We've gone into detail about the three areas where Jesus was tempted. And now we're at that place in the sermon series where we're looking at very practical ways to deal with temptation. Before I get into the message this morning... I want to talk to you all just a little bit about my physical challenges that I'm having. Uh, they still don't know what it is. Um, I get very little warning when it's coming. I get a little bit of a warning, a warning but uh, it's usually right before uh, the big episode of pain that I have. And then the episode of pain uh lasts anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. And, uh, of course, the enemy always sees to it that it begins on a Saturday. And so I just want to say to you all uh, that I, I'm sorry uh, for that. It, it, if you knew how much it bothered me, it would, that would probably bother you. It really, really um, uh, breaks my heart for the church. But you all have been wonderful. You've been great. You've been patient. None of you have come up to me and said, You know, you might be wore out. You might need to get on out of here. (laughs) None of you have said that. I appreciate that. Uh, But I just want to tell you that um, if you think when that happens to me and, and I'm not here with you that somehow I'm home just chilling and relaxing and everything's great, I am miserable. I'm miserable when I'm not here with you and I'm miserable when at the last minute I have to back away from my responsibilities here at the church and I thank you thank you thank you all so much for your kindness and your concern and your praying and um, I just really really appreciate it um, just to tell you a little bit about what the doctors are saying I um, uh, the first, this for the first time, uh, the last doctor I went to said he he's a digestive, uh, I don't know what that specialty is, but he's a, a specialist in the area of digestion and, and uh, that those parts and organs of your body. He said, I want to make sure it's not your heart. And that's the first time a doctor said that to me. And I don't think it is, but he's going to put me through a pretty big test coming up. Evidently, he doesn't think it's very serious because the test didn't until July 13th, so evidently, he thinks I'm pretty good, uh, but I am going to uh, go through stress tests. I've never done that, and uh, they're going to do all of that and, and find out what's going on, make sure it's not my heart, and then they're going to, once they know that, then they're going to move on to other things, but I I just felt like as much as I've been out and and had to do it at the last minute, I wanted to just talk about it a little bit today and address it a little bit today. One other thing I wanted to mention to you before I begin to get into the message is that this series that we're doing on temptation is the longest series uh, that I've done. I believe this is the sixth sermon in this series. I don't normally uh, do a series that long. Normally it's about four messages but I wanted to deal thoroughly with this topic because I want you to know, as the title says, I want you to know, know how to have victory. Now, sometimes when we're tempted, we maybe have people around us that we trust and we can say, I'm really battling and I need to get you to pray for me. Um, but sometimes we're all alone. As a matter of fact, if you'll remember... Uh, Jesus was in the wilderness. He was isolated, and it was in that time of isolation that the enemy came to him. And uh, I want you to know that's when he'll come to you. And there are just going to be times that you might not be able to get up with the pastor. Or you might not be able to get up with your prayer warrior. You might not even be able to get up with Brother Mac Perry. And if you can't get up with Brother Mac, you're in big trouble. But you might be in a situation where you can't can't access anybody but God. And I want you to know what the Bible says. I want you to know what God's promised you. I want you to understand what the Lord has said He will do for you in the time of temptation. Now, we've already talked about two practical things that we have to do or can do when we're battling temptation. Number one is expect it. Expect it. As long as you live in this old world, you're going to deal with temptation. You're going to deal with it. Uh, you might not be tempted at this stage place in your walk with God. You might not be tempted with some of the things you used to be tempted with, but uh, as we say, and you've heard said many times, new levels, new devils, you're going to have new temptations. You're going to have different temptations, but you will always um, battle. You will always be confronted with temptation, so expect it. Don't be shocked by it. Don't be surprised by it. Always remember the temptation that you're going through is not sin. You're not sinning when you're tempted. You're only sinning when you give in and you follow through and you do that thing or don't do that thing uh, that you're being tempted to do or not do. So expect it. Everybody say that with me. Expect it. Expect it. It's coming. The next thing God wants you to do is take responsibility for it. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame others. Don't blame God. Just take responsibility when that comes your way. And we did a a long teaching on that for a couple of Sundays. I want to give you the third thing, and it's very simple. This is not complex. It's not hard to understand, but I'm going to give you the third thing. Uh, We're saying to the Lord today, Lord, help me expect it. Lord, help me to take responsibility for it. And the third thing, seek the Lord. When you are tempted, seek the Lord. Now, I know you're sitting here today, and you're probably going, well, I think we all know that one, Pastor. It's amazing what we know, yet do not do. Amen. And uh, there's a lot of things we know, a lot of things we uh, know already and have been taught many times that we ought to do, but we don't do it. Uh, We've been taught the things not to do, and somehow we do it. As a matter of fact, I remember a fellow in the Bible, you might remember him too, who said the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the bad that I don't want to do, that's what I do. How many of y'all remember who that was? It was Paul. Paul. Now I've got news for you, if Paul had struggles, you're going to have struggles too. And so what we have to do is learn that the moment, the enemy, and not just the enemy, but our own nature, our own sin nature. uh, Remember what I told you in the other messages. Satan cannot tempt you to do something that there is not already a fleshly desire in you to do that thing. Uh, So I gave the illustration that I've never been tempted by Satan to go to a bar and watch a sporting event on the TV. I've never been tempted to do that. I'd rather sit at home in my recliner with my Diet Pepsi and watch a sporting event. I've never been tempted to do that. My point being, Satan's not going to try to tempt me in that area because I don't have a desire in that area. But he knows the areas of my life, and y'all look so holy As I talk about my life, he knows those areas and he comes to me in those times because he knows I already have a leaning, or Hosea called it, I'm bent toward some things. And he knows what those are. Uh, He's not all-knowing like God, but he watches us and... And his cohorts, his army, they watch us, they learn our patterns, and they know what we struggle with. So he comes to us with those temptations. Now, uh, we don't think about uh, some temptations. Uh, uh, I would think most people in here aren't tempted. I could give a long list of things that, that uh, probably nobody in here is tempted to do. But uh, we can't get holy, holy or a holier-than-thou attitude saying, I'm so glad I'm not tempted like that because we might have a temptation to hold on to unforgiveness. Thank you, Pastor. I pay you to say amen and I expect you to do it. Amen, isn't that true? We We might have a temptation to hold on to unforgiveness, have a grudge. We, we, we might be uh, tempted in the area of jealousy. We might be uh, tempted uh, in, in other areas. I could go on and on. But just because you're not tempted to do uh, drugs or you're not tempted to do uh, uh, be unfaithful in your marriage or whatever, your temptations will be in other areas. So, so be ready for those. Uh, don't don't be surprised by them. take responsibility and then cry out to God. Do you know God has a 24 hour hotline that you can call on to him anytime. You can call on him anytime when you feel a temptation coming. when you sense that he's moving in your life in that area, you can call on him at any moment. He's willing to help you. The Lord is willing to help you. That's a good place to say amen right there. He's willing to help you. He's not only willing to help you, He's waiting. He's waiting right now for your cry. He's waiting for you to cry out to Him and say, Lord, you know... What's happening? You know my temptation in this area. You know I struggle in this area. And I sense this temptation coming on me. Lord, call on me. He will hear you. He will will move in your behalf. He's never surprised by the things that tempt you. I'm so glad that God never says when I go to Him to help me with the temptation or when I sin. And I go to him for forgiveness. I am so glad I've never heard back from heaven. Pharaoh, you have got to be kidding. Is you again on this? I've helped you with this so many times. I've strengthened you with this so many times. Pharaoh, come on. I'm so glad he don't talk to me like, Millie does, like people do. <laughs> I'm so glad that he, he knows before I tell him. He knows before I tell Him. Do you know God already knows? You say, well then why do I have to tell Him? Because God said, I want you involved in the process. I want you to ask Me. I want you to talk to Me. I want you to bring it to Me. I want you to pray to Me about that. And I will move and I will bless you. I will give you what you need. He wants us to take responsibility, come to Him, For help. So then I thought about, as I was developing this thought, why don't we? Why don't we ask him for help? And I thought of two reasons, maybe three. We'll see next Sunday. But I thought of two reasons I know sometimes we don't ask him for help. We don't come to him and say, Lord, I'm being tempted. I need your help. And one of them I kind of already mentioned, but he thinks, or we think, uh, that, or we fail, rather, to ask him for help because we don't want his help. We don't want it. And I'm going to preach to you right here. Can I preach to you? Can I preach to you uh, things that will make you say amen? Can I preach to you things that will make you say oh me? Mm, y'all weren't nearly as amen on that last one. So I'm going to say a few things to you, but you re- you listen to your pastor. These things are true about me. So whatever I'm preaching today that might pinch just a little bit, I'm getting pinched too. I'm just like you. I have the same struggles you have. But he sometimes I don't ask God for his help because I kind of want to do the thing I'm being tempted to do. I want to do it. If I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't be tempted. But one of the reasons I don't say, dear Lord, help me with this, is because I want to just wait and, you know, I like that. I like that thing I'm being tempted to do. So that will make me not ask him for help. You're the same. We enjoy our sin. Come on. We enjoy our sin too much. We enjoy it too much. We don't want him to help us. We kind of want to be left alone at this time so we can enjoy that thing. And we know that thing is wrong. We know it's bad. We know we're going to pay a painful price for it at some point. We know we're going to reap what we sow. Do y'all know that? We're going to reap what we sow. We know all that, but we want to do it anyway. And that's one of the reasons we fail to come to God and say, God, I can feel the enemy, and I feel my own human flesh. Uh, Matter of fact, I'll tell you the truth. Your own human flesh, your human nature, that's really your biggest enemy. That's really your biggest enemy. If you want to see your biggest enemy, go home and look in the mirror. We're our biggest enemy when it comes to this. But we want to do this thing anyway. We want we 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 don't want to ask God to help us because we really want to satisfy what we've already talked about in this series: the lust of the flesh. It is lust. That word lust. Uh, we are often a. a, a Uh, Connect that word to sexual sin, and and that would be correct. But you can lust for a lot of other things other than sexual things. You can lust for money. You can lust for power. You can lust for uh, uh, influence. You can lust for all kinds of things. And uh, uh, we like it. We like the way those things make us feel. And that's why a lot of times we don't ask the Lord to help us. We want to satisfy That lust. Here's what we do. And let me just give an illustration. Give an illustration of my son who passed away. When Mitch was little, when Mitch was little, um, probably, I don't know, two, three, four years old, I would say, now Mitch, if you do so and so, if you do it, Daddy's probably gonna have to spank you, or daddy's gonna have to put you in your room, and and you're you're not gonna be able to have your toys or whatever. I would tell him, I would say, now if you do that, and I'll just use an illustration, if you if you break in the pantry and eat all the cookies, this is what's gonna happen. And I would lay it right out. And I heard Millie lay it out. She didn't hold, she didn't hold them to the same standards I did sometimes, but But I would tell him what was going to happen. And I'd look at his face. And I could tell those wheels were turning. And he was thinking, is it worth it? Is 29 Oreos within a two-hour period worth what he's going to make me pay for that? And sometimes he decided, yes, it is. It's worth it. And really, that's what we do. That's what we do. We we will look at a situation, listen to me, and we will weigh it in our mind. We will weigh that situation, and in our human reasoning, human reasoning, not wisdom of God, but in our human wisdom, we come to the conclusion that the pleasure of the experience from giving in to the temptation outweighs the painful price we will eventually have to pay for giving in. Did you know we're like that? Isn't that something? That we know, but we sit there and think, I, I think it'll be worth it. I think it'll be worth it. I, and, and we would never say it out loud. And if somebody asked us if we had that kind of thought, we'd go, oh, no, no, I never think. Sometimes even in your subconscious mind, you are reasoning. And saying, I'm going to go ahead and do this thing because the pleasure is greater than the price I would pay. So that's one of the reasons that we don't come to God and say, God, help me with this temptation. Help me with this thing that I struggle with in my flesh. The second reason that I want to talk to you today, and y'all ought to be really excited about this because there's only two reasons, and I'm already on the second one. Are y'all excited? Amen. Sometimes we don't ask God for help because of the embarrassment we feel for constantly failing in the same area. Now listen. I know in the churches I've pastored and even in my own personal life, there have been times I've wanted to just give up. And I've seen people who wanted to just give up because they keep falling into the same ditch. They keep falling into the same pit. And they just want to give up. They think, I can't overcome this. I can't keep from doing this. It's out of my control. And we just want to give up. And we're just really too embarrassed. We feel it. Listen, I'm telling you, I've battled with this in my life where I thought, God, here I am coming to you with this same thing, the same thing, and I'm too embarrassed. Hey, God, it's me again. It's me again, God, with the same problem I came to you yesterday about. But listen to me, he wants you to come. He wants you to pray. No matter how many times you stumble, no matter how many times you fall, He wants you to ask Him for help. He wants you to cry out to Him for help. We keep failing in that same area. We get shamed. The devil's into shaming. How many of you know God doesn't shame? God don't shame you. Now, God will convict you, but God doesn't shame you. And he will try to keep you from crying out to God. He will try to keep you from praying and asking God for help because of shame. You think to yourself, Lord, you've helped me so many times before. And here I am again asking for help with the same temptation. And sometimes that temptation is not a temptation any longer. It's a sin because we gave in to it. And so we keep coming to God and keep coming. But listen, do not be embarrassed. Listen to me. You can come before God with sorrowful heart, but don't ever come before God ashamed or embarrassed. Don't you ever do it. You come boldly to the Lord. You come to Him and you tell Him, I'm battling, I'm suffering, Lord. I'm going through a a, a uh, battle of the soul. In it, the enemy has just found that place in me, God, and he is just working on me, and I, I'm crying out to you. You know, sometimes you can pray those little whisper prayers, those little uh, King James prayers, I call them, where you say, Father, I cometh before thee and you can pray a King James prayer, but I'm talking about a prayer where you cry out, where you cry out to God and you say, God, I can't go any further. Lord, I'm, I'm losing heart. I'm losing heart. Help me. Help me. Listen, He will come. He will come where you are. He will help you. How many of you hear me preach this morning? Amen. His patience, the Word of God tells us, goes on forever. Now, I'm limited in my patience. How many of y'all are limited in your patience? Most of you. And the others that didn't raise their hand, y'all lying. We're limited in our patience. We're limited. But we serve a God who's unlimited. He's unlimited in His patience. He's unlimited. He is His love is, what does the Bible say? His love is what? Everlasting. Everlasting. His grace, His compassion endures how long? Forever. That's your God. That's your God. Listen to me. If you you hear me preach today and you never hear me preach again for some reason, I want you to remember these words today. God loves you. He's on your side. He's on your side. Who can be against me if the Lord is for me? And I'm here to tell you today, the Lord is for you. He's for you. You say, yeah, but in one situation. No. In every situation of life, God is for you. (coughs) You know, as I was saying that, I thought about creation. I thought about that first chapter of Genesis. I thought about how God made the earth so perfect, the environment so perfect. Boy, we had some uh, days last week, the environment wasn't so perfect, didn't we? I blame it on the Canadians, who's with me, amen, some Canadians. And um, But God gave us a perfect earth. Matter of fact, he made all the animals, and he made the grass, and he made the planets and the stars, and and he made the trees, and I could go on and on. He made all the fish in the sea and all the animals. He, he made it all. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was without sin. It hadn't been tainted by sin. And he made it perfect. And then, you know what God said? God said, I'm going to make a creature, and I'm going to put that creature in that environment, and that creature's going to love me. And that creature's going to worship me. And I'm going to love them back. And guess who he made, y'all? He made us. He made us. Listen to me. Somebody needs to hear this. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're in the midst of right now. God is for you. God is for you. If you're hearing a voice that's saying you've lost God, He's against you now. That's a lie. He's not against you and He'll never be against you. God is for you. That's why no matter what's going on, no matter how low you may feel, if you cry out, God, help me, He'll hear you and He'll help you. He'll come where you are. He'll give you what you need. So... First of all, we don't ask God for help because we like it and we want to keep doing it. Secondly, we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed. Now I'm going to give you a scripture in closing. I know most preachers give their scripture at the beginning. I'm going to give mine here at the end. So I want you to look at Hebrews with me. Hebrews chapter 4. Why in the world does God want us to come to Him? Why does God want us to come to Him? Because He sent His Son for that very purpose. He sent His Son for that very reason. He sent Jesus Christ to the earth, and Jesus, the Bible says this, willingly, Jesus willingly came and went through everything you've been through so He would know exactly how you feel. Isn't that something? So we're in Hebrews now. and all, Now this first verse I've read before in this series. This, this first verse in a series on temptation, you're going to read it many times. So I want you to look at it. How many of you know we can never hear the Word of God too much? Amen. And we can never hear a certain verse too much. We never can. Uh, so hear this. For we have not, in other words, we don't have a high priest, Jesus, which cannot... Be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We don't have a Savior like that. We don't have a Savior who uh, doesn't who knows who doesn't know how we feel. He's, he's using a lot of negatives there. But our Savior was in what all. And when the Bible says all, what it really means is all. But was in all points, what? The Lord. Our Lord was in all points, what? Tempted, what? Like as we are, yet, and can't say this about us. (laughs) This part you can't say about us, but we can say it about him. Yet, he did not sin. He did not sin. Now, look at the next verse. The next verse. You've read it before. You've heard it before. But I prayed this morning that God would make this verse fresh and new in your mind. Since we don't have a high priest who doesn't know what we feel. Since we have a high priest who has been tempted in all points just like us. So therefore he understands. Since we have a Jesus of high priest, a savior like that. Let us... Therefore, that's what that word therefore means, since we have a God like that, let us therefore what? Come how? Come boldly. Always, 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 clean or unclean, you can come to the Lord. Not arrogantly, that's not what that word boldly means. But you can come knowing, you can come with assurance that He wants you in His presence. He desires you talking to Him. Because of Jesus, because of our Savior, we are invited to come boldly, where? Unto the throne of grace. Why do we need to come through? Come to the throne of grace? That we might obtain mercy. Anybody here ever needed mercy? I tell you what, if you need it, you better sow it. If you want to reap mercy, you better sow mercy. Just got real quiet in here. Did y'all notice that? We want everybody to be merciful to us, but we want to be judgmental to everybody else. Now, I'm not talking to y'all, but uh, there's a crowd that comes out here on Wednesday nights, I'm preaching to them. No, I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. Look what it says. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Who's on that throne? Who's on it? Jesus. Yes. Amen, Robbie. That we might what? What are we going to get at that throne? Mercy. Mercy. That we might obtain mercy. And find what? Grace. What is grace? Grace is undeserved love. Unmerited love. Boy, i, sh- I tell you one thing. I would sure hate to come to God only when I deserved it. Because guess when I deserve it? Never. I never deserve His grace. I never deserve His forgiveness. I never deserve His love. So that's what grace is. Grace is, Pharaoh, even though you don't deserve it, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Amen? Pharaoh, even though you don't deserve my love, you don't deserve my forgiveness, you don't deserve my kindness, you don't deserve my patience, you don't deserve my love, you don't deserve it, I want you to come because I'm going to give it to you anyway. Thank God for that. And what's he going to do? Look at the very last part of that verse. He's going to come and we're going to find grace to what? To help. To help in whose time of need? The Lord's? No. In our time of need. Let me read this to you out of the Living Bible. Listen to this. Jesus understands our weaknesses since He had the same temptations we do. Though He never once gave way to them in sin, Here's that verse in the Living Bible. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God. The very throne of God. And stay there to receive His mercy and to find grace to help us in our times of need. Listen to me. Without hesitation. Without shame. Without embarrassment. We can come to the throne of God. Why? Because Jesus sympathizes. We have a Savior who sympathizes with our situation. Why does he do that? Well, he does it because he's God, but he does it because he was tempted in all those places. He Listen, he knows how you feel. He sympathizes. He wants you to come boldly. He knows exactly what you're going through. Jesus had temptations. We can come to Him with the same battle over and over and over. How many of you know victory over some battles takes time? It takes time. And that is how it is with us. I could go on and and just keep preaching. but Some of this is a new insight. Some of, some of the people sitting here have never heard preaching like this because we always, let me, let me just put it this way, we always heard preaching that made us think that God was like a mean policeman. A mean policeman with a billy club. We have this mental picture of God, the wrong picture of God that God loved catching us. That God didn't stay in our midst and hover over us so that He could love us and take care of us. But the God that was preached to us, we were told that He is there and He is close by to catch you. To get you. To tell you, I'm ashamed of you. To just whop you on the head with that Billy Club, and, and we kind of get the idea that we serve some kind of sadistic God that, that loves to, to catch us wrong, catch us doing the wrong things. And that may be how you were brought up, even, that you got very little tenderness and love from your father, or tenderness and love from your mom. And I'm not here to blame parents, but parents are imperfect people. Amen. They're imperfect. You're imperfect people, but God is perfect. He's our Father. He's our Father. And He oversees. He watches us. He looks at us that He might bless us, that He might guide us. It breaks His heart when we fall into sin. It breaks His heart when we struggle with a certain temptation in our life over and over and over again. It breaks his heart when we go our own way and do our own thing. But understand this. He loves you. He always will. And if you will cry out, if you will cry out to God, say, help me, God will come and help you. Now, what we're talking about today is him helping you overcome temptation. But I want you to hear me today. He will come to you. He will hear your cry on any subject, on any topic. You say, but what if I pray the wrong thing? Well, when I talked to my daddy, my real daddy, my earthly daddy, and I told him I wanted something he didn't want me to have, he'd just look at me and go, that's not good for you. I'm not going to give you that. And your heavenly Father will do the same thing. My daddy didn't didn't look at me and say, you know what, since you asked me for that, don't even get in the car. You're not going back to our house. I tell you what, you go live under the bridge, and as soon as you get straighten out, then you come on back to the house. No, no. He let me go back to the house. He he knows I'm immature. He knew I, I was a child. He knew I wanted things I didn't need. He knew I was self-centered. Then he told me, no, you're not going to have those things. But, but at another time, under other circumstances, he might say yes. Well, if my earthly father loved me that much, how much more does my heavenly father love me? Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. So here's what I'm saying to you. And here's what we're going to talk about next week. Next week I'm going to talk to you about the power of sanctification in the life of a believer. I'm going to talk to you about sanctification in a practical way. A practical way. Now, now we're we're Pentecostal holiness. And we believe there are three things. We've got them on our list. Get saved, get sanctified, and get filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, that's all fine. That's all fine and wonderful. But I don't want sanctification to be a check on your list. I want it to be a way you surrender to God so that He is able to empower you To overcome the lust of the flesh. Now you're going to have the lust of the flesh as long as you live in this world. But you can be stronger each and every day in your battle with the lust of the flesh by allowing God to sanctify you daily. Progressively sanctifying you more and more each day. Amen? Amen. So we're going to talk about that next week. We're going, to, we're going to talk about sanctification not as something on your checklist but as a practical way to live victoriously over temptation. Are you all ready? you all going to be back to hear it? All right. I'm going to hold you to it. I know everybody just said yeah. I, I saw every one of you. Let's all stand, would you? And just walk up here to the front and let's end our service in the altar. Everybody. I heard some grunts. Y'all come on. 20 minutes to 12. We're going to beat the Baptist to Bojangles. So don't worry about that. Just come on. Come on. I want you to live victoriously. I want you to live victoriously. So I want us to look. The Word of God is practical. The Word of God is not unreasonable. What did he say in Romans 12 and 1? He said, which is your reasonable service. God is not an unreasonable God. He's a reasonable God. He's a God that will meet you in the valley. He'll meet you in the midst of your temptation. He'll make Himself real to you and help you overcome. I, You know, in my time as your pastor, part two, part two, I, I want you, when, I, when I'm gone from here one day, I want you to be able to look back on the sermons and the messages and the lessons. And I want you to remember them so that in your daily life, you will know how to live in victory. Amen. Not this thing of, oh, I gotta get to church Sunday. Oh, I need some victory. I need and so you come Sunday and then, oh, I gotta get back Sunday night. I, I need to get my tank filled up. And, oh, I gotta come Wednesday night and get my tank filled up. Evidently, some of y'all don't need your tank filled. But anyway, I I, I want, I don't want you to live a, a your Christian life like that. I want you to know that no matter where you are. No matter where you are, He's there. He's available. What do you say? Come how? Boldly. Come boldly. Don't hold your head down. Don't hang your head down. Come boldly. And I'll give you the strength you need to overcome. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word, Lord. Your infallible Word. Your inerrant Word. We thank You for the truth of Your Word. We, we delved in it. We have been delving into it. And this morning, that verse, God, that verse about since Jesus did what He did and went through what He went through now, therefore, therefore, because Jesus did what He did, we can come boldly to the throne of God. And get what we need. We read it today. We read it. Lord, give us, give us uh, promptings of the Holy Spirit remind us bring back to our mind lord as we go through our daily lives bring back to our mind the things that uh, we've learned and the things that we have absorbed and the things that we've soaked up and help us lord not to be like uh, james described and 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 look into the word of god like a mirror and then walk away and forget what we saw but let us remember let us remember it in jesus name in jesus name amen, amen. Brother, you got
2: us a song? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost, but now I'm found Was blind, but now Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood His mercy reigns unending love. Amazing grace.
0: What kind of love? Unending forever. Forever. I want, I want you to have a, a humble boldness when it comes to the Lord. And when you're struggling, I don't care what you're struggling with, I don't care how dirty and rotten and nasty the devil makes you feel about it and tries to condemn you, you come boldly to the Lord. He'll meet you every time and clean you up and get you on your way. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for coming. And we'll be here tonight talking about Jesus. More about Jesus. Pentecost Women's Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.